Hey everybody, welcome back. Thanks for listening in. Um, today, we're, I've got two very interesting guests. We're gonna split it up into two podcast uh, episodes for you guys. It's a, it's a topic that is seldom discussed and you know, a lot of people that I ever have you know, brought it up with don't really understand what's going on. So um, we've got someone in the studio today. I'm gonna let her introduce herself and then we'll, we'll jump right into it. Um, my name is Rana Amaruddin. I'm Lebanese and um, I've been living in the UAE for the past 20 years. I was uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2016 and I've been living with it since then. Um, uh, I'm glad I'm here trying to raise thank, awareness. Thank you for being here. This is raising awareness is li literally the reason for the existence of my organization. <laughs> it's good to be here. Thank you. I appreciate the, it takes a lot of bravery to step up. It takes, it takes a lot to be able to come into the public space and to speak about things. You know, we were just on our way back from uh, coffee. We were talking about how stigmatized mental health and wellness and any of these issues are. And, you know, over the last four years, I've talked to thousands of people at this point and it's, everyone has almost near the same story, you know, with slight different flavor, but it's all heavily stigma based. We don't talk about it because there's shame. We don't talk about it because it's taboo. We don't talk about it because of- But also the stigma comes from the lack of awareness. Agreed, 100%. You know? 100%. So, and so this is the this <laughs> exactly why, our, so our purpose of our organization is to do things like this, have conversations, have dialogues. And as soon as that awareness starts to happen and they're like, oh, okay. Oh, it's not world ending. Oh. Well, I should feel embarrassed for feeling embarrassed about it. You know, once we get to that stage, that's when I think conversations start to happen at the dinner table at home. Yeah. Most families don't have these conversations. And then, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit excited to talk to your mom about this. <laughs> that represents a different generation. And most times we have that generational gap that creates a problem. So uh, just, just, just for the audience who don't know, can you tell us, very briefly in summation, what MS is. Okay, so multiple sclerosis is basically an autoimmune disease, all right? It's a condition that affects your brain and your spinal cord, and um, you get lesions, and hence, you know, um, there's a lot of chance for, you know, I mean, disability, Okay, it affects your movement, it affects your vision, it affects the balance. Uh, it also affects your uh, uh, mental health and emotional health, so uh, your mood. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's a lifelong condition. There's no cure yet. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Can you tell me a little bit about when you were first diagnosed? All right, here's the thing. I think I am uh, one of the lucky ones who got diagnosed in, um, in maybe in a couple of weeks because um, when I uh, first got the attack or what we call attack, it was a, a more of, a, you know, it was a major one, it was the one that affected my vision, my balance. I just woke up one day and, you know, I felt like um, the earth is turning, you know, like I didn't. And um, at first they told me it was my inner ear and they sent me home with some meds for that. Um, I wasn't getting better. 
and then um, you know I felt some sort of numbness numbness is one of the symptoms on my left side and I started smiling only on one side so I, I was I remember telling my friend who came to visit me I think it's my nervous system um, so a few days later I was you know I couldn't see anymore I couldn't walk properly I went to see a neurologist and uh, he did tell me it's either a nasty virus or MS do you know what MS is um, I kind of knew what MS is only because we had a neighbor, you know, growing up that suffered from MS. And um, uh, unfortunately, there weren't any breakthroughs when it came to meds then. So um, he passed away in his 40s. Um, once I did the MRI, they saw the three lesions. I was, uh, you know, I was diagnosed here uh, and they wanted to start treatment immediately. But I remember I told him, I just, uh, you know, um, I asked him if I could go home. I uh, I felt like I needed to be with, uh, you know, my family. And uh, that's what happened. I went home. I uh, They received me on a wheelchair at the airport. So it was a little, and uh, I got the same diagnosis in, in Lebanon as well. And... Uh, I started treatment immediately. Uh, I don't think it really hits you. I mean, at the beginning, you just focus on getting better. Like I wanted to gain my balance back. I wanted to walk again. I wanted to see, I wanted to, you know, be able to see again. Um, it hits you once you start getting better, actually. That uh, it's something that you have to live with for the rest of your life. Um, and that's when you somehow begin to spiral. Um, you know, go to some sort of dark places. Um, but I think what really, really kept me from completely, um, you know, hitting rock bottom was uh, motherhood. Um, I was getting, you know, I mean, I didn't understand my mood shifts. I didn't understand, you know, I, so I was really, when I took some distance, I'm like, who is this person? You know, the, you know, my mood keep, keeps, you know, changing. And I, I, you know, I got a very emotional, very quickly. Um, um, so I remember my son, you know, he had a school trip. He went to Canada and came back home um, with a mood ring as a gift. Uh, I don't think, you know, I, the, the, when, I, when I received it, I'm like, okay, that's, that's when it really, um, I had to do something. That's when I, that's when it hit me that I had to do something. Um, and so I, um, you know, started researching. I reached out to um, a person who, um, does research, you know, on the brain, on, uh, and I'm like, I'm not myself. Is this normal? Is this something chemical going on in the brain? Is this, uh, um, you know, I, I feel I'm depressed, but I don't know if I'm depressed, you know, I'm, I... and then he answered, he's like, yes, it's something chemical in your brain. And, uh, um, MS does that, um, 
multiple sclerosis actually, you know, studies have shown that uh, um, those with multiple sclerosis suffer from clinical depression more than any other um, more than any other disease actually. Um, because of the lesions in the brain, you know, they affect the areas that are, you know, maybe responsible for your emotions, for your behavior, for your... So there's something going on. And depression is not something that you can fix with willpower or determination. You know, we know. So, uh, you know, I had to find help. Mm-hmm. And help obviously came, you know, by um, speaking to a therapist starting to exercise um, and uh, you know I needed tools I needed tools to deal with my depression and and for for a long time I was on medication um, to be able to you know handle handle yeah. the depression talk to me you know thank you for sharing and you know this is very important to understand uh, that, you know, everybody walks around thinking it's all good. It's going to be somebody else who's going to have whatever the issues are with the world, not me. And then when it hits home, it hits hard. Um, and this is a very similar narrative to, you know, me talking to many other friends who've, who've had life changing things happen to them. Mm-hmm. So, so thank you for, for sharing on, on that. Um, how did you, how did you find the impact on the family? My family was extremely supportive. I mean, um, I still, I always talk about this because, you know, from a moment one, um, so when we went to see the doctor in Lebanon, I have three brothers and obviously a mom and dad. And uh, so we went into this, into his clinic and he's like, um, but, you know, there are no places for everybody to sit. <laughs> and, and I remember my brothers were like, uh, it's okay, we'll stand up. So they were there, like, uh, immediately from, um, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed with support, be it from friends or family. Um, and like I told you, I think uh, ultimately, but ultimately you have to find the strength in you, mm-hmm. okay? Uh-huh. Uh, no matter how much support you have, it's excellent. Um, but you have to find the strength in you to be able to, you know, seek out help. It was never easy for me to ask for help, by the way. Um, I learned that. I mean, I'm still learning it. Um, And yes, motherhood, I had to tell my children that no matter what life throws at you, you take it in your stride. How how old were your children then? Um, Well, they're 19, 17, and 12 now, and... Uh, seven years ago, yeah. So that makes the the eldest was maybe the 12, 13. Wow. Yeah. That's not easy. No. That's not easy. Kids don't understand things. They they don't, and I didn't want them to understand yes. everything. We want to protect them. That's just natural. Yes, and um, it's not easy when they are, when because one of the symptoms of multiple sclerosis is fatigue. And you're tired to not like, and your tired's not like my tired. <laughs> um, you could sleep for two hours, wake up refreshed. I could sleep the whole day and still wake up tired. <laughs> um, I go to work, you know, sometimes on, on lunch break, I have to go take a nap in the car and then come back to finish the day. 
is that kind of tired. So when the kids, you know, ask you, uh, I, I want you to play with me, I wanted to, and I'm just like exhausted, I, I, I can't. But there's always an upside to things. First, their bond became much stronger because, you know, they started, um, you know, talking to each other, speaking to each other, playing with each other more. And, you know, my little one, I, whenever she asked me to come and play with her and then I couldn't, you know, what I could hear is that, you know, she was playing on her own with her dolls, you know, her made up conversations. So um, there's always an upside to things. I think it's hard. I agree with you. Uh, I think it's very hard to and hard to see. Um, I remember when my kids were young, um, I would come home burned out, totally exhausted to the point that I'm sitting on the couch thinking, do I have enough energy to make it to, to the bedroom and to sleep or should I just sleep here? Like at least maybe, maybe I'll take a three hour nap and then have enough energy to get upstairs. And I remember, you know, my kids used to come running it, running in, whether by gay big, you know, between three and five. Oh, Baba, you want to play this? And Baba, guess what? Baba gets up. No matter how exhausted, you you push yourself. Yeah. You know, and then like you said, and I think it was very, very important what you said is that, you know, my tired and you're tired and my, my exhausted and you're exhausted are very different. I can still push and do something. And I can't even begin to imagine if I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. That's just so hard for me to even think about that. Wait a second. You know, and I remember when the kids were very small, I have to like, we're walking in the mall, what, they want to sit on the sh my shoulder. Then they started getting big, you know? <laughs> and, and my son started getting big and all the hundreds, he's are super big. And then Baba, we're gonna sit. And I had chronic back pain issues, I don't, I don't care. My mom and dad would be walking in the mall with me. They're like, what are you doing? You're gonna be in pain for the next three weeks. I'm like, it's okay. It's, yeah. like, they are perfectly fine to walk, no? <laughs> no, you know, so it's hard. I think from the perspective of a parent, if you've got young ones, it's even hard to explain to them. They're too young to even properly understand. No, or process. Or process it. Yeah. I think you're blessed you had family support. A lot of people don't. Talk to me a little bit about any stigma that you faced. To be honest, like... For me personally, I mean, it could be the first thing I tell you is I have MS. Like it doesn't, I've never felt like I, I have to hide it or I ha or, or, or like, you know, I was ashamed or anything at all. However, I understand why a lot of people can't or won't admit they are sick. Um, because there, there is a lack of awareness. I go back to that. For example, if, uh, you know, she, uh, you know um, a multiple sclerosis hits you between the ages of 18 and 35, okay? So some people are still, you know, uh, probably not married. You know, they're not married. They haven't, uh, you know, uh, um, found a job yet. Or So all of this aff affects how people see you. If, uh, you know, if they find out that she has multiple sclerosis, then they might think, you know, she can't get pregnant or she can't, but she can actually. It's just, you know, the pregnancies need to be more or less a little bit planned, but she can live absolutely, you know, as much as, you know, normal life as possible and have kids and have a family. So there's, you know, lack of awareness about this. Um, at the workplace, a lot of people don't say they suffer from something, could be MS or anything else. 
just because you know they whoever whoever they work for might think you know uh, they might be less productive or they might ask for more sick days or sick leave. So we can't promote them. Are they going to be able to have handle the load? All exactly. Of so, you know, support does, needs to, you know, needs to extend beyond family and friends. Okay. Um, I wish to see more support at work for people with chronic illnesses or, or, or you know, uh, specific conditions. Um, they should be allowed to take more, perhaps, you know, sick leave or, or, or sick days. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, see, the more we have these conversations and that then, you know, the, the less people would feel, you know, perhaps, you know, they would become more open about discussing these things, um, and reaching out, you know, and asking for help and asking for support, you know. It, it it matters because, you know, we all face challenges. We all have, you know, different kinds of, uh, so each one of us is, and it matters that we need to look after each, each other, right? For, you know, as a society to be able to, you know, to grow, to flourish, to strive, you know, to thrive. So um, the support needs to, you know, be extended beyond just family and friends. <laughs> I'm going to switch tangents a little bit i want i want i want you to share with me you know advice that you would have for someone who you know just got diagnosed and found out what would you want them to know what would you have wanted someone to tell you when you first got diagnosed don't be scared it's very scary um and it can get uh, quite isolating you know and uh, so the uh, first thing I would say is don't be scared, really. You'll have extremely good days where you even forget to take your meds because they're such good days. And it's not something you cannot manage, especially, like I said, there there's, there have been breakthroughs in meds for MS in the last 10 years, so we're lucky in that. Um, and uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Keep moving, keep pushing. Um, yeah, don't don't give up. Basically, don't give up. It's it's really not the end of of life or the world. It could be perhaps the end of life as you knew it, but it doesn't mean certain areas in our life are not going to become better. Um, MS has made me kinder, more empathetic. Uh, uh, I pay more attention to little details. Um, you know, someone once asked me, I think, um, when do you feel happy or are you ever happy after you, you got diagnosed? I'm like, I'm, I'm happy every day. Hmm. Yeah, you know, every day there are moments of happiness. Plus, happiness is not a... Exactly. You know, it's fleeting. So you have yeah. to, you know, to the, appreciate the moments and the... Yeah, that's good. What what advice would you have for organizations, like for companies and organizations, so they're better apt to deal with people who are, you know, dealing with chronic illnesses? Uh, I mean, I don't know, but the reasonable thing would be that um, once you're aware that, uh, you know, 
one of your employees are perhaps sick or suffer from a chronic illness, um, that there be, mm, I don't know, special, specific, perhaps, you know, um, rules or, uh, you know, that would allow them to actually, you know, be more at ease in order for them to be more productive because they can be productive, extremely productive. Uh, so just some flexibility. Some flexibility, yes, mm -hmm. perhaps. That's reasonable. That's not an impossible <laughs> ask. That's a very reasonable ask. You know, and given all the conversations I've had over the years, uh, more often than not, not always, but more often than not, I've found that the organizations are okay to be flexible. But I found that the people are too stigmatized to ask. So I think there needs to be a little bit of push and pull from both sides for workplace things to start improving and start changing. Of course, if if, if we're going to keep thinking that this is this is a weakness, yes, and and we're in that frame of mind, then we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. What's your advice for family? What's your advice for family and friends who find out that, uh, you know, a loved one has been diagnosed with something? Look, I mean, I can't imagine how they felt. Okay. Um, be understanding. Because um, after a while, once we start looking better and, you know, feeling a little bit better, they, maybe they forget sometimes that we still have it. <laughs> And so, yeah, a lot of the times, perhaps they don't understand why we cancel on things or why we can't make things or why we, you know, we don't want to go out today or, um, so it's just that also be more flexible to hold some space, hold more hold space, perhaps. Space, yes. Okay. okay. That's, that's, that's yeah. also a fair ask. Yeah. And I think what we initially discussed is the more awareness and education there is sure. in all of these, these facets, this will help normalize discussions. This will, like you literally just said now, will help people understand why certain behaviors are the way they are, why you canceled on something or why you're just not feeling up to something. Um, and, and I like what you said a little while ago about just because it looks like it's a good day doesn't mean it's gone away. It just means it's a, it's a good day. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's still there. I think that's, an, that's, that's, I honestly, that's a perspective I didn't think about. <laughs> But you're right. You're very see. It's an invisible illness. Yeah. So, and that's why you know. And you don't want to be constantly walking and talking about it. Or, mm -hmm. But um, at least for the people that know about you know, um, to be a little bit more flexible. Yeah, and understand. <laughs> I like that. I like that. This is this has been good conversation. <laughs> Thanks. This has been good conversation. Anything you'd like to tell the listeners? how they can get better informed, where they can go. Give me a plug, give me a... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad, yeah, no, I'm so glad finally we have a National MS Society in the UAE and they're working hard on, uh, you know, uh, not only raising awareness, but also, you know, pushing in more towards uh, research and how we can uh, act, because this is what we want ultimately, yeah, mm -hmm. to, find the, to find the cure. Um, um, so, so that's that's excellent. Um, like I said, multiple sclerosis not only affects you physically, but also mentally and emotionally. So make sure you're working on all of those 
together. There's no shame. There's no shame in saying, I am depressed, I need help. There's absolutely no shame in that. Um, the only way to move forward or to actually, you know, feel better is is to actually, you know, do something about it or talk about it and, and process it with others. Um, so, yes, that's it, I think. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. This has been great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're a real warrior. Appreciate it. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ali. I'm inspired. I'm very inspired. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> we, got, we got one right here. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening in in the text below of whatever you're watching this on. I will make sure to include links and resources for more information and how you can reach out. Thank you very much again.